1: Hello and welcome to It's Good Except It Sucks, a movie by movie and television series by television series hurtled through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This time we're taking a look at Ms. Marvel, first seen in June 2022, when, if you wanted to look clever in front of your friends, you could have watched Dead End Paranormal Park, The Summer I Turned Pretty or God's Favourite Idiot instead. I'm Tim Worthington and we'll be finding out what I made of Ms. Marvel shortly. Meanwhile, Joining us to give her thoughts on Ms Marvel is writer Una McCormack. Una, where can people find you?
0: Well, online, I'm mostly on Twitter with my own name. I'm also experimenting with Mastodon at the moment, as I think many of us are. And I've dipped my toe into Tumblr, of all places. You can find me all over the place. And at my website as well, I've got a newsletter there. So have a look around, you'll find me.
1: Okay, so before we go any further, Una, what happens in Ms Marvel?
0: Ms Marvel is the story of a 16-year-old girl who lives in Jersey City. And she's leading a very ordinary 16-year-old girl, Life, And this is complicated when she finds herself in possession of superpowers, as happens to so many kids in the tri-state area. It's less glamorous than Brooklyn, which presumably is saying something. Anyway, Spider-Man's got that covered. The story is set in Jersey City, and it's about this girl, Kamala Khan, sort of coming to terms with her powers and exploring the nature of being a second-generation Pakistani-American. So it's all set within that Context. And I think it does a pretty good job of doing that.
1: It does indeed. But Una, how much did you know about Kamala Khan before you saw Ms. Marvel?
0: I knew absolutely nothing. I should probably get this out there straight away. I didn't read comics as a kid. Comics didn't feel like something that a Gen X girl of my sort of age and background could read. They really felt like boys' territory. So I had a few sort of sneaky Fantastic Four comics that I read. But other than that, I felt like it was a no-go area. I was being brave enough watching Doctor Who. So I never really got into comics. So the Marvel Universe, I only really started watching with the films. And I only started watching them because I was supervising... PhD, which was investigating and writing about the MCU. I'm completely new to this universe and I knew nothing about Ms. Marvel. So I poked around a bit and I got some tips and I pretty much sat down and watched it fresh. I'd seen Captain Marvel going in and then subsequently I went off and read. I've just finished up the sort of first batch of comics. Yeah, it's so completely new. Didn't know a thing. (laughs) Well, that in itself is
1: interesting in that Kamala is a very new character who was actually only introduced in 2013 as part of a Captain Marvel series, as a new supporting character. So that's after the first Avengers movie. The MCU was already up and running by then. And the whole thing is that as in this, she idolises Carol Danvers, who basically says, well, why don't you call yourself Ms. Marvel? Because I used to call myself that, and I'm not using that name anymore. But the reason the character was created was Sana Amanat, who's one of the Marvel editors, apparently just told a story one day about her Muslim childhood in New Jersey you know as a Muslim American and everyone in the office had hysterics and they immediately thought there's a character in this and so it wasn't for any you know deliberate intentional progressive reason although obviously that came into it but it was a creative reason but the reception was so incredibly strong how true this is we don't know but Barack Obama claimed he read the first Ms. Marvel series which I think was 2014 (laughs) so it was that instant she was that much of a hit immediately and it is not difficult to see why.
0: Oh, I completely agree. I mean, I just tore through these and I assume that's true about the Obama thing. I I just read the sort of concluding essay at the back of the volume 10 yesterday. They talked about handing over the books to Obama. Oh yeah, there's so much energy. There's so much freshness. She's a great character. She's geeky in the way that I was at that age. It sort of brought back my sort of 16 year old self. She knows more about comics, of course, than I did. You know, just hanging out with her friends and things have got complicated and people are just trying to sort out what they feel about the world and how they want to live in it. And then, you know, wormholes open and you you say embiggen and your hands go huge. I thought it was a really strong series and you could see that freshness and energy behind it. There was a story that these people wanted to tell and that's always primary, I think. You can, representation is important and all these sorts of things, but you can't design a character by numbers. It's got to have that freshness and, and energy. It's a great set of strips. It's a really good TV adaptation, I think. I watched the show And then I kind of finished off the comic series and I went, oh, really good choices about what to include and which storylines to progress or which not to bother with and that kind of thing. So absolute top job with the adaptation.
1: Well, that's one thing we need to, I think, tackle very early on, is there has been, I mean, there's been pushback for other less pleasant reasons, which I'm sure we'll come back to, but one of the major criticisms have been they have very, very slightly adapted her abilities. In the original comic sense, she's basically a polymorph, like Mr. Fantastic, but obviously because the Fantastic Four are about to crash land into the MCU after Marvel have finally got the rights back, and, you know, having two characters doing the same thing taking center stage isn't a great idea so they've kind of adapted that to make it more based on her it appears to be control of light we don't quite know what's going on yet and also the other major change is Kamala Khan the comic version was originally an Inhuman and there has been the trouble history with the Inhumans and the MCU <laughs> they've never yeah. really worked whenever they've been brought into it so given that they've also got the rights of the X-Men back they've made her a mutant which yeah. nobody saw coming and it was only revealed in the very last scene when she's told that she's got a weird genetic anomaly and a bit of the old X-Men cartoon series theme plays in the background. That was oh, quite the moment.
0: This kind of thing absolutely goes over my head, you see, of course. All of this stuff, I would have no idea. You're saying, you know, they've changed their powers and I'm going, have they? She had a big hand. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the same. It's just the genesis of her
1: doing it is different. Right. Pe- people are quite critical of that, but... I do look at them and think well I'm sure you weren't that bothered that extremists work differently in Iron Man 3. I doubt (laughs) you've noticed that the clandestine in this are different to the clandestine in the comics who were kind of like a superpowered I think they were southern family who were more like the Eternals than the way they're depicted here and obviously the thing is they just thought that's not really what we want to do on screen we're doing something different and I completely get why they've modified her abilities to make way for two things they want to make a splash with and it's the same net result
0: yeah and if it makes her distinctive or it leaves their storytelling open to doing some new things i can't blame that kind of thing you've got to follow the story demands really than kind of you know slavish uh, adherence to what's been put down on the page which was almost certainly something that somebody threw down in a panic at two in the morning <laughs> <laughs> You've got to find your way. We have the same stuff with Star Trek at the moment, particularly over what's established in Discovery around Michael Burnham and Spock. You know, oh, this does this adhere to a throwaway line in an episode in the 60s? Well, it might or might not, but is the story that it's telling working? And obviously, you don't even think about what Doctor Who has done. <laughs> Chuck it all out and start again. So I'm fine about that. Not least because I probably don't know. Almost I'm like an ideal viewer for this because they can tell me whatever they like about Ms. Marvel and I'll just go, I completely believe you. <laughs>
1: Well, one other thing that's only come to light recently that I'll admit even I didn't spot watching it was there is a whole story about Damage Control who've come into quite a few things recently, notably Spider-Man No Way Home. Bobby's there trying to track her down and identify her. The set designer shared some photos recently where you could more clearly see the mug shots on their pinboards uh. and included, you know, a lot of very familiar faces, but also Jessica Jones which Mm -hmm. indicates she will be coming back. And also Titania, who hadn't appeared yet, who obviously made quite the entrance in She-Hulk. Yeah. And it's fascinating that they put that in where nobody could see it, just to themselves to embed her in what was going on.
0: That's really good. You've got to trust these storytellers. They know what they're doing. They clearly love this stuff and they're clearly really involved in it. I would never have spotted that kind of thing. I loved She-Hulk as well, though it was great. Well, let's not talk about (laughs) (laughs) She-Hulk. But yeah, these people aren't messing around. They know what they want. And they know that we rewatch as well, don't they? So, you know, they know that we're going to go back and take a peek and go, oh, that was there and I didn't realise. So trust the storyteller.
1: Well, absolutely. The main storyteller here is Bisha Kay Ali, who is a British former stand-up, who it's really weird because I saw her supporting... I think it might have been Sophie Hargard in about 2017. Oh I don't wow. Know, now she's like you know writing series like this which is quite mind-blowing
0: really. It's great isn't it? Yeah It's yeah, like, all it's this like talent, when you think yeah. about
1: John Oliver being on all those dreadful late night Channel 4 satire shows yeah. suddenly yeah. he's a star in America it's, it's that kind of
0: level. Or Peter Serafinovich or James Corden for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh just an aside he's thanked at the back of Prince Harry's memoir James Corden there's like a list of special thanks to his Hollywood friends. And James Corny, oh my God, there's a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the sitcom side of things, I was surprised when
1: I saw this on the slate at one of the, I don't think it was the big unveiling in 2019 where, you know, famously they said like, Eternals is out in about three minutes and then the pandemic happened. <laughs> <and> Mahershala <laughs> Ali came on as Blade as a surprise at the end and he's still yet to properly appear. But, <laughs> yeah. I was a bit, really, because I thought, A, she's a bit You know, recent... I still thought of her as somebody who'd first appeared last week and also they tried to do teen shows in the past with Cloak and Dagger and Runaways which are a bit more issue led and there was a mm-hmm. pilot of the New Warriors for ABC based around Squirrel Girl which ABC ultimately didn't show because it was a little too progressive possibly from what <laughs> I've heard I thought how are they going to do that and they've done it by making a teen series that's for everyone I mean I was particularly struck by it is placed in her world, her frames of reference, so there are bits of apps flashing up and things like that, bits of what I assume are animations that the young people are familiar with, but it's not done in an exclusionary way. I think, to be honest with you, I think they've been watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and I thought that's that's how you do it.
0: How you do it, and a little touch of what, I mean, the first time I saw that kind of thing was in Sherlock, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so that was kind of the big, you know, the big visual, so it's it's not a surprise she's British. I know that my nine-year-old, as she is now, my eight-year-old, very happily sat through the first two or three episodes I think once the action moved once it became more historical and there was more of a sense of peril and a sort of real world threat of so perhaps things that she didn't quite understand yet she kind of backed off from it but we've watched the first couple of episodes together again and again and again she's absolutely loved it particularly as it's a female lead because she won't read or watch things with male leads
1: <laughs> well that's one of the things that there's been a bit of a silly reaction to is for some reason there's this ridiculous rejection of anything with a female lead by a very small but very, very annoyingly vocal percentage of the audience. And apparently, Imam Valani, she posted on her social media when she'd been cast saying, I've been told to close down on my personal accounts so there'd be official ones from now on, because they were that worried about the abuse she'd get. And apparently, there was a stupid campaign of one star bombing Ms. Marvel on IMDb with the one word description woke. Now, what do they actually think that will achieve? Somebody will notice that those stats being skewed and remove all of them and also is anyone going to read those reviews oh there's lots of people giving it one star saying woke i'll stop enjoying it if you're going to go down that whole oh no it's gone woke route you know it's like the reaction to she hulk you got a problem with she hulk you go and get some pimp particles you go through the quantum realm you go back to 1978 and you argue (laughs) with stan lee that's all you can do the only way you
0: can do anything about it Oh, it's so, it's so wearying. And it's just a sort of, what can you say? You know, if the presence of a woman or a girl on screen has you that distressed, you've got some serious problems and you need some new friends and you need to put your phone down and go for a walk. It's just not even worth It's just just pointlessly stupid. And it's everywhere. It's, you know, it's Michael Burnham all of this is at. Or it's, I mean, it's just absolutely everywhere. And it's stupid. It's just, it's just stupid. Got it in Tolkien fandom at the moment over Rings of Power, which has its problems, you know, but not that it's woke. Yeah (laughs) And people who are just Turning on Ms Marvel And going Oh it's got a girl in it I'm not going to watch it Because of some Imagined injustice In their minds Are missing out On a really fun show And you know At the end of the day It's a TV show About a comic book And probably you should Just be having fun with it Not getting really angry But there's money In generating this kind of thing So we're stuck with it Until people grow the hell up Well
1: I found The most fun thing about it Was probably Actually the most woke thing about it which is let's get this out of the way we probably aren't the best place people to talk about the depiction of a mosque on screen really although some (laughs) aspects of what you saw did remind me of we've talked in the past on other shows about our mad experiences of catholicism growing up the community (laughs) goes around that it did strike some chords but i love the fact that even normally when the mosque community is portrayed in a sympathetic light on screen it's still very strict austere here it's vibrant it's fun it's welcoming they make fun of themselves and even to an extent yeah. make fun of their faith you know within an acceptable sort of Yeah, yeah. and it reminded me of a couple of years ago a taxi driver basically we talking about how great it was to be in Liverpool because he found people <laughs> were generally more accepting of you know the Islamic yeah. faith than elsewhere we're talking about he said most Salah goes to the same mosque as him and he said yeah. the thing is when he's there he's just one of the dads and yeah. I think he likes being somewhere where he can be one of the dads and yeah, yeah. this show made me think of that immediately
0: yeah it's a sort of utopian vision of multiculturalism and diversity and it's good to see it on screen it's just really good to see it yeah I was reminded of sort of having that that similar background to you and I think because if you're Irish Catholics in Britain maybe during the 70s or 80s you are sort of a bit beleaguered and you're you know you're trying to say look it's okay we're okay (laughs) of course it's massively complicated because obviously there isn't that similar racial dimension but I completely agree you see this vibrancy you're constantly having to rethink your own assumptions of what character would be like so when they finally go to Karachi and the grandmother is going well you know she didn't go to America for all this making a better life she was going after Bon Jovi yes and well, you
1: get those lovely her metal photos of her when, yeah I'm yeah exactly in the 80s they are actual photos of the actress when she was younger love i love it bet they, they were. are yeah, yeah
0: absolutely great I know also it's a bit wounding to see that as the mother character of course because I wouldn't have looked that cool in the 80s but pretty you know oh god that's my Teenage years. <laughs> so, <laughs> we are Brown Jovi. Now, we also do Eid, Diwali, and Bar Mitzvahs and Sweet Sixteens <laughs> and Quinceaneras.
1: Brown Jovi does it all.
0: Okay, everyone, let's slow it down. I want to dance. Yeah. And still I enjoy the show that exactly what you were saying anyone could sit down and watch this if they watched it with an open mind and an open heart and just let the story have its fun with you and tell the story it wants to tell
1: and the supporting characters are great as well I mean we've touched on her parents who it's interesting they have that <laughs> conflicted sympathy for you know yeah. they, they want within they want to let Kamala live how she wants but they're still high bound by the fact that they weren't fully able to and I think it yeah. captures that really well I love the way her brother is depicted as Somebody who he acts like a brother, but he also is insistent that the family hierarchy between him and her stays in place. And also, they've completely nailed him not being as funny as he thinks he is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mostly the hierarchy is not really that he's a boy, it's just that he's older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's my rights to have, you know, I've suffered this longer than you and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, it's all very, very beautifully done. I think the parents as well are, they're probably more relaxed than she realises. And they're probably protective because they are negotiating the fact that she's a brown girl in a you know increasingly white supremacist country. But it's very, very subtly done. It's not laboured, but it's present and it's very good.
1: And another supporting character I don't think has really got any attention at all. Who only comes into it part way through, which might be part of the problem, is Kareem Red Dagger, who's basically yeah. a very minor character from the whole comics universe. But yeah. what a fascinating character. He's this young character kind of almost male model type but mm. he is completely completely devoted to his cause as yep. a sort of vigilante pushback against the clandestine yeah and that is fast way yeah. she can't get through his emotional
0: barrier yeah he's sort of protecting himself yeah and she's sort of got these three potential suitors hasn't she but that's not the point of the story the point of the story is that she has options and opportunities he's a really good character and i hope you see more of him just pick up on something you say about him coming in quite late I I think if there is any flaw in the narrative and it's a very very small one and when you compare it to something like WandaVision it works much better that kind of lengthy flashback that they have to do to sort of contextualize you know the time travel elements of it it's only a slight sort of detour in the storytelling and like I say it's nothing like what they have to do in WandaVision <laughs> to explain to you everything that you need to know you're constantly going oh hang on a minute I've got 20 minutes of catching up on Monica Rambeau oh hang on a minute I've got 20 minutes of catch- up on Agatha oh hang on a minute and that's much more a structural problem in one division, I think but on the whole this handles the shifts pretty well it is quite a big dramatic shift I think when they get to Karachi but it doesn't feel as jarring as it does do in other Marvel shows
1: I do think you're right about the flashback sequence because I remember finding it a little too long even on first viewing and it also I'm not sure the right way to say this because I'm not you know demeaning the contribution or the skills of anyone involved but but it didn't feel engaging enough it made me think of the video for holding back the Years by Simply Red which <laughs> it's not something I really want coming into my consciousness while I'm watching the yeah. MCU property unless the Ocknall is given superpowers pop, and comes <laughs>
0: already has them of course yeah but i don't see how else they could have done it either we sort of have an extra two episodes and more of that which it didn't need or else we just get that story told i think given what they needed to tell us and show us to get us to invest in these people this is probably the only way through it but it is a structural flaw in other mcu tv series this kind of and now let me just catch you up on this stuff which you would never do in A novel, for example, you would integrate that in some way. Those are the sorts of things that you can do in a very kind of speedy montage and you can kind of stylize it, you know, sort of make it comically a kind of retelling. Whereas this, I think we had to invest with her great grandparents. We did have to spend a little time with them because it's quite a naturalistic story. You needed to spend time with these two people and the situation in which they were going to find themselves. For all the kind of superpowers and stuff, it was a love story during partition. I can't see any other way they kind of. Done it Given the story They wanted to tell I'll forgive it
1: Well, this is possibly the most interesting aspect of it in terms of our conversation, which is obviously Kamala is a fangirl who finds herself thrust into the world she's dreamt of. As somebody with a bit of a fangirlish background, (laughs) how did you relate to that as somebody who has had, you know, with different properties, but a similar experience?
0: Oh, well, I just, you know, seeing that on screen is absolutely lovely because, of course, they're a generation younger than me and it's just so exciting to see people who've come through that kind of, say, subculture as me getting to put that on screen because probably you know I couldn't do that it was really interesting to see when I was reading the comics actually that Rainbow Rowell wrote some pages in volume 10 and she's done novels about you know what's called Fangirl and that kind of thing so they're completely embedded it's probably slightly later than might just be the tail end of Live Journal, definitely Tumblr and then spaces that I know nothing about because I'm like 15 years older (laughs) yeah but it's yeah of course it's just it's completely a sensibility that I recognise, and it's just really, really good to see it. Not mainstreamed, though of course it is mainstreamed, but given its space to be expressed, and it's different from being a fanboy.
1: Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: it, it overlaps, but you know, it's definitely a fangirlish sensibility. I'm here for it, it's just really exciting, it's really nice to see it.
1: Well it's going to be exciting to see where they go next with Kamala, because well obviously literally, and we're going to come back to this in a minute, where they go next is she will be in the Marvels, which feels yeah. a bit kind of that feels mind-blowing she is going from this tv series to co-headlining a film that's like rise of oasis kind of thing you know you're on the <laughs> word one minute you're, you're topping the album charts the next but yeah yeah more in terms of the character and the possibilities this gives them to explore something different because on the one hand a lot of the young avengers have started appearing in various capacities whether it's obviously you know kate bishop being the main focus of hawkeye but you've also yeah. got america chavez has turned up Peyton Patriot but not as Patriot yet there's Wanda's there's Kids there's Kid Loki a couple of other ones so there's that angle there's also I think it's going to be interesting that they're still giving nothing away about what they plan to do with Captain Britain apart yeah, from yeah. one possible mention of Avengers Endgame but I'm yeah. wondering now because as much as I love Brian Braddock the original one I really really hope it's Faisal Hussain who is a British Muslim which is a very different kind of modern adapted Muslim experience who you know her yeah, whole yeah. thing is she likes Bowie and so on and yeah. she originally adopted the mantle in the name of Bagpuss and Tody Wilson and so... <laughs> The two of them combined, I think, could make for something really interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they're being canny, aren't they, as well? If you, you know, like you were saying, it's a long time now since that first Marvel film. And, you know, they've got to get the sort of 10-year-olds watching and bring in that demographic to see them through another cycle. It's like what's going to happen with Doctor Who right now, isn't it? They've got to get the nine and 10-year-olds watching again and get that buy-in. So they've got to make this new audience. And the way you do that with that, Age group is to have characters who are a few years older, so 15, 14, 15, 16, and upwards. So let's see. So, one thing they might go back to from the comics is Bruno has this sort of extended trip to Wakanda, and they really lean into him being this sort of poor relative from a collapsing <laughs> country, you know, with bad infrastructure and all these kinds of things, and visiting this sort of, you know, high tech developed nation. I think they could really lean into that. I think it would work very well. It's a good joke in some of the comics as well that often the main villain is not some kind of super villain but it's ageing infrastructure in Jersey City and I think they could get some scope out of that it's like we've sort of done the story about her identity as a Pakistani American and they've done it beautifully and her personal and family history and, and I wonder now whether we can do something with that other cast around her, some more about Bruno perhaps or there are some great storylines in the comics for Zoe for example so maybe those could be... Ex- a bit more and get a real kind of high school vibe going on. But Bruno, as is, is the poor exchange student, is absolute gold, I think. Well, there
1: is a currently untitled Wakanda series coming up, so ah. I am now thinking you might be onto something. Yeah. But coming up before that, well, we got to come to the post credit scene, which I honestly, believe it or not, I was not expecting this because the whole thing is Kamala's ability to kind of channel through some bracelets where she doesn't quite understand what they mm. are. She disappears. Carol Danvers appears in her bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Which is obviously leading into the Marvels. Yeah. That poses an interesting possibility, which is that the original Captain Marvel, who was basically Annette Bennings character in Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel travelled in and out of this reality through a pair of bracelets that were clapped together by Rick Jones, who's kind oh. of the missing central Marvel figure so far. There have been some rights complications. with. We right. I mean, won't go into yeah. the whole thing again, but originally it was going to be the original Hulk film, which Universal owned yeah, and Edna. Yeah. Uh, norton wrote him out and then there was that conundrum of what could they do will they now be bringing rick jones in at long last
0: personally of course i would happily sit and watch annette benning on screen all day so I'd, I'd let's see where they take us i'm really excited about the marvels as you can imagine anyone who's listened to me rave about captain marvel knows that i love that movie so much i had the excuse to watch it again for this so. So yeah, let's see where they take us. But anytime Captain Marvel's on screen, I'm pretty happy.
1: Well, there'll be three of them as well because there's Monica Rambeau. Yeah,
0: Monica Rambeau there as well. Yeah, yeah. I rewatched one division for this as well, just to sort of get the whole picture going on. Well, I'm going to be there. I'm going to. I've got an IMAX cinema across the road, so I'm going to trot out and get me popcorn and sit in a big seat and just hopefully be absolutely wowed. But then I enjoyed the Eternals, so you know. So did
1: I, <laughs> but. That might actually answer my last question, which is, well, there's only one thing left me to ask now. Una, if you had the ability to, well... Embiggen. I mean, I love the fact it's a Simpsons reference. What
0: would you use <laughs> yeah. it for? Oh, well, do you know, I'm quite short. I'm only five foot tall. So any embiggining would be a massive improvement in my life. And I would use it to reach the top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
1: think you were going to say, lift yourself up in the IMAX seat so you can see better.
0: <laughs> Any beginning, absolutely (laughs) fine by me. Just a couple of inches, I'd be absolutely delighted.
1: (laughs) Una, thank you, and excelsior. My
0: absolute pleasure, thank you very much.
1: If you've enjoyed this, don't forget you can find more editions of It's Good, Except It Sucks, and plenty more besides, including details of my book, Can't Help Thinking About Me, at timworthington.org.
0: Kamala, there's something different in your jeans. Like... (sighs) Whatever it is, it's just gonna be another label. Like a mutation.